Welcome to On Texas Football. It's time for lunch with the coach. Each and every Monday, Brian Irwin and I get together. Uh, the former high school football coach across the state of Texas, two-time state champion at Lamarck. Uh, we always get together and talk a little Longhorn football like the old days. Brian and I both worked at Texas uh, back in the early 90s uh, as student assistants of sorts. Brian went on to a more distinguished football career than myself, but I appreciate him joining me. We're also sponsored each and every week by uh, our friend Laura Baker at Keller Williams Realty. Let's get going here, uh, Brian. Look, we didn't go to Texas when the team was always all that good. A lot of fans did not go to Texas when it was all that good or followed Texas in the 2010s. Mm -hmm. Some of them went in the 60s where Texas was always good in the 70s. Some went in the aughts and they were good that entire time. So it's mm -hmm. like a wave, right, that we feel each and every time. You and I know how the downtrodden years could be at times, right? Yes, yes. So, you and I, I, I know what your reaction was when the final whistle rang. I mean, you were like, I'm sure you're fist pumping and high fiving. Yeah. Yeah. Explain to people how a coach, even, even a coach, a guy that's seen all this, you've seen all this before, mm -hmm. but it still fires you up every time because I, I know you, dude. I know you. Oh, it was. Uh... Golly, it's hard to put words to it. It was, I mean, just exciting, exhilarating. I went from like big time excited after the game, and and then all of a sudden, man, I just get like crazy nervous, you know, because now I know we need we need legitimate help, right? And and I couldn't figure out the Alabama scenario. I just couldn't even wrap my mind around that thing. All I was hoping was, you know, Florida State was going to get beat, and I'm cooking fajitas, and and I'm having a beer, and I got family coming over, and I can't even. I mean, I've got the jitters. I mean, it was – it literally – I was uh, completely on edge and I had to get away from the family, get away from everybody. I was overcooking by myself. So, yeah, I mean, it was um, big-time exciting. And and you know what's funny, Bob? I mean, we, we're so bad because uh, as fans and alumni, we, we go from, okay, we just won the Big 12 championship. Okay, can we get in? We've we got to get in. we got to get in. We got to get in. And then, no, we not only got to get in, we, we want the best matchup. You know, <laughs> we don't we don't want the Washington matchup. We want to we want to play Michigan, you know, because we match up better. I mean, we're, we're horrible, you know, but uh, hey, what an awesome deal. Uh, big time game, big time way of finishing the season by Sark and the guys starting against Texas Tech, then then coming on, you know, big time win against Iowa State. And, uh, you know, and then coming on and finishing this thing out, the Big 12 championship, just dominate from start to finish. Uh, you know what? I got it. You just mentioned Iowa State. And I, I'm going to I'm going to read you a text I got from a uh, former player's parent. OK, how fun this is a direct quote. How fun has it been for Longhorn Nation the last three weeks? I know it was a small thing. But that O-lineman from ISU talking noise seemed to put this team in a nasty mood that is carried over for three games. Yeah. They truly felt disrespected and played like it for the first time since 2005. Yeah. You agree with that? I, I do agree with that. And, um, you know, sometimes you need a little outside noise. Sometimes you need some uh, extrinsic motivation. Um you know, sometimes you just got to have a little chaos. I always said a great team needs a little chaos. And, and we finally got a little chaos going. 
and uh, they parlayed that from Iowa State to Texas Tech, and now this week, and even even all the your match stuff leading into Tech, you know, that was some chaos that that had been brewing. You know, embrace the hate all year long, and I got a kick out of it the other day when when your back was up there, and yeah, you know, I, I don't necessarily like the booze and all that, but he got so rattled he couldn't even pronounce Sarkeesian's name. You know. <laughs> He's never been in the WWE ring before, I guess, right? I think he said, I think he said Carcesian like three times. <laughs> so, Sark's probably just looking at him, just give me my trophy, you guy. Exactly. <laughs> Let me yeah. say my few words. He's kind of uh, – it's funny, dude. It really is. Um, yeah, I, I felt like that Iowa State game was a turning point. It's where they – look, they've turned it on since then. Yeah. I mean, they truly have. They beat the tar out of, out of Texas Tech. I mean – they made Texas Tech look silly. They put 662 yards uh, up on Oklahoma State on Saturday. I mean, give me – I mean, yeah. the, the offense – I mean, Sark was completely in his bag on oh, Saturday. Yeah. I mean, Brian, yeah. you were an offensive play caller. Yeah. How, how impressive was it on Saturday? It, it reminded me of when he was at Alabama that last year. That's what it reminded me of. He was just dialing it up. Um, he had a method of madness to every single shift, every single motion, every single, you know, reverse flip flicker, you know, pass to JT, whatever it was. Um, you know, we finally got the running game going. And, yeah, we, we got we got stoned a little bit in the running game. I thought, you know, too many zero and one and two-yard carries. But uh, overall, uh, golly, you know, Keelan Robinson, a couple touchdowns, big for him. And finally got the running game going. So, uh, what a great game plan. It, it, it reminded me of, of the last year he was at Alabama. It really did. What did you think of that uh, tight end reverse to JT Sanders on for, on fourth down? Oh, that yeah, that was awesome. That, you know, they the little push-tush uh, thing that, that Philadelphia does, and they, they hand him off on the, on the jet sweep coming off that push-tush action. And, and so all you got to do, the edge is taken care of because the defensive front's just knifing in there expecting quarterback sneak. And then Adonai Mitchell – he arced, you know, he arced release onto the corner and I mean, his Katie bar the door. And, you know, you'd think that I, I, I thought back on that play. I'm like, you know, why wouldn't you hand the ball off to Xavier or somebody faster than, than JT? But but that's part of the method to the madness. You know, you, he, you don't need 20 yards. You just need two yards, you know, one yard. And so uh, neat deal, neat scheme. And uh, you, you're pretty much guaranteed to get the edge uh, unless that defensive end does something you don't expect him to do. Yeah. All right. Got some more to talk with, but Brian, first we want to say thank you to our ongoing sponsor, Laura Baker, Keller Williams Realty. If you're moving to, from, or within the Austin city limits uh, or in the surrounding area and you want to join Laura and others that uh, are super excited about the uh, college football playoff, uh, she'll take your call and help you do your business. Give her a call. 512-784-0505. That's 512-784-0505. Laura at andyallenteam.com. She is your realtor of choice in the Austin area, no doubt about it. I, I, Brian, uh, we, we talk about the game and uh, what happened afterwards. Uh, you know, I, I asked Rod Babers this on Sunday as well. You've been in situations with teams before where your team was waiting for an announcement of some point, like who are we going to play? Where are we going to play? Are we going to – in football plans, it's like where's the coin toss? I mean, where, who's going to be the home team? Yeah. What, what what describe that as a coach and what you're trying to say to your players at that time to get them to calm down. You saw the scene if you watched it 
on Sunday afternoon or Sunday midday, I guess, uh, from ESPN of, of the Longhorn group going nuts. But what are you as a coach trying to, you know, fade through in all of that situation? You know, I was I was really impressed with the way Sark handled that. Um, even even Nick Saban, uh, the way he handled it, um, and kind of compared in, in comparison to the way Mike Norvell handled it after the game. And they were they were both pretty calm. You know, Mike Mor- Norvell was more you know fist pounding. You know, we are the team, and and uh, Sark was just so calm, saying, "Hey, you know, we've done what we can do," and that's I think what he told the team. Look, it's over. We've, we've done everything we can do, everything we could control past the OU game, we controlled and we handled. And, and we handled our business, uh, you know, on, on Saturday. So we've, we've done all we can do. Let's just let's just wait this thing out. Let's have confidence. I, I, you know, I've filled in a few texts and from some fans that I've met along the way this year in Alabama uh, before the Tech game, you know, and they're texting me, asking, I said, I, I'm confident. I think we're in. You know, we just have to be 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 poised and we got to be confident yet yet trust that we've done all we could do to control what we can control now let's try to get some sleep and 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 just believe we're gonna get it done if we don't hey we had a great season and and uh we we accomplished a lot of things that we wanted to accomplish but they did get it done we did (laughs) Seated number three, uh, of course, uh, Michigan comes in number one, uh, Washington number two, Texas three, and then Alabama off the birth of uh, Jalen Milrow and his running ability as well. Some throws, nice balls to Isaiah Bond. They defeated Georgia. They're in number four as yeah. the SEC champion. Florida State gets left out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to be heartbreaking for those guys in, in Tallahassee at this point. All right, let's talk a little bit about Washington because that's what everybody's going to be talking about for the next month. Yeah. You saw them play a year ago, mm-hmm. right, in the Alamo Bowl against Texas. What are your lasting memories that you think you'll take towards this game about what Texas did do, didn't do, and what they maybe need to look at doing differently this go-round? we got to figure out how to control uh, Phoenix and, and their vertical passing game. They throw it down the field better than anybody in the country right now. I saw that last year. Um, going into this season, I was telling everybody, I said, this Washington team is different. They have Phoenix back. They got all those receivers back that we watched, you know, last year in the Alamo Bowl. They just stretch you vertically. Um, and, and Phoenix throws such a great ball. I think that is the number one thing we've got to be able to handle. Uh, for, you know, we got to be patient. We got to force them to throw the ball underneath. Uh, of course, we got to stone the running game. They got a good running back. Uh, but uh, we're, we're more than competent, capable of, of taking care of the running game. Like again, last week, you know, Ollie Gordon, what, 34 yards rushing. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, we did it. We did it week in and week out. Um, and so, I, I like where we stand with with being able to make a team one dimensional. And and so now we know we're going to make them hopefully one dimensional. But with this Washington team. They're the type of team that can be one-dimensional with with the vertical passing game and with Phoenix's ability to to make deep, accurate throws. So I know that's going to be a part of it. Uh, could be, could easily be a shootout. I think we all agree this could be a shootout, and we're going to have to get comfortable real fast in the shootout if that happens. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't happen. Hopefully, we play great defense and we hold them to, you know, 14, 17 points, and and, and that'd be great. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a shootout. Uh, you take this, and, and you mentioned Kellen DeBoer, the, off, uh, the head coach at Washington, who's offensive mind and done a terrific job. I want to take you to something else and talk from a coach's standpoint again and Steve Sarkeesian. 
when you and I first started talking, I mean, we've known each other for 30, 35 years, which is kind of scary. But when you and I first started talking again about doing lunch with the coach, uh, we started at a time, Brian, when Steve Sarkeesian was five and seven. Mm -hmm. And people were questioning him and particularly his defense, mm -hmm. right? Pete Kwiatkowski, mm -hmm. two years ago, you couldn't, he, you couldn't, nobody would buy him a steak dinner in Austin, Texas. No. He had to buy it himself. Okay. Sark stuck, stuck with him though. Mm -hmm. Stuck with him. Yes. Last year, eight and five defense improved dramatically. Mm -hmm. This year, another step up. It, when you're a coach and so, it, like Sark, how big is your smile internally when you stuck to your, you know, your druthers, your, your decision to keep a guy who you and I both, I mean, we heard it. He was, he was getting vilified in the media. He was getting vilified on message boards. Some might say rightfully so. Yeah. Right. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Two years later, he looks pretty good. Looks like a pretty smart hire. What, what are you thinking if you're Steve Sarkeesian right now? And even, I mean, just, I think it's a wonderful story for Pete Mikowski. I think it is too. And, and uh, I mean, that's cool you brought that up, Bobby. I mean, we, you know, we haven't talked and you brought that up. And I, I think that's a huge point that you're bringing up. Um, the, the insight, the intuition that, that Sark had to stick with it because he was under a lot of fire, especially that first year. The first year was just ugly. You know, we had our moments last year where we, we showed some brilliance. We just couldn't get off the field on third down, you know, last year. Uh, but, uh, you know, just just the insight, the the loyalty he showed, knowing that it wasn't a coaching issue, it wasn't a scheme issue. We knew who he wanted to be. We just didn't have the cast to do it. And we just weren't talented enough. Sometimes you're just not talented enough. And um, uh, hats off to Sark for that. And, and you know, what? You, you brought that up when we first started talking about lunch with the coach because this is the one thing – and it reminded me when you asked this question, this game and this Big 12 championship was won three years ago. It was won year one when Sarks went through what he went through. Pete Kwiatkowski went through what he went through. And Sark stuck with these guys, stuck with these kids. He was loyal to them in the media. Uh, we talked about this a number of times. He won this team. He won this program. Uh, he won the culture in year one. This game that we won Saturday and the opportunity to go do what we're fixing to go do January 1 was won three years ago. And, and, and that's my honest opinion is that the way he handled 
adversity, the way he handled losses, the way he handled us getting run through like crap through a goose. I mean, I can remember us playing Baylor and teams like that, and they're running the zone stretch, and we can't even begin to stop them. Um, and just, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20-yard clips at a time. So, uh, golly, Sark, the way he handled adversity that first year, because we're, you know, us Texas fans are, are, are pretty rough. We've got a high standard. And then the way he handled uh, uh, Pete Kwiatkowski and, and, the, and the issues we had early on in this deal, uh, hey, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. No, hats off to him, right? Yeah. I asked him, I asked him two, three weeks ago in a media availability, you know, what what level of of thought process did you put into uh, you know, I'd call I called the Iowa State two two years ago a beat down. He goes, mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Bobby. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he goes, thanks for that reminder. Yeah. And I asked him if that meant something, you know, how Bo stood up and mm-hmm. said, Hey, this isn't acceptable around here. And his honest answer was just it was like, look, yeah, nobody wants that. And mm-hmm. I think it showed people maybe out of outside of the locker room that, hey, we're not going to be like that. That's not who we are. That's not what we strive to be. Mm-hmm. And you say two years ago when, when they were going through this losing streak and he was he never threw any any player under the bus. Yeah. Not a quarterback as he went through two different ones. Yeah. Uh, not the defensive coordinator. He just kept with it. And kept believing what he's had. And, and, you know, in the interim, he's added guys like Quinn Ewers, Adonai Mitchell, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Cedric Baxter, I guess. You could include him. Uh, guys like Manny Muhammad played a role, Anthony Hill. Yeah. Uh, a list of guys that they kept with, though, too, that Jalen Forrest, the Tavondre Sweats, Byron Murphy, Jared. Hey, just hanging on, hanging, on, hanging on to Xavier Worthy all this time. You know, we know we went through the, those days two years ago. You know, in his 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 first year, where we're we're probably going to lose X. You know, he's he's leaving. Yep. And uh, I mean, the culture that he's built um, is, is amazing. I, I mean, you you remember Iowa State for some reason. I, I remember Baylor that first year and just them running the zone stretch, them running the option into the boundary, and and I mean, just running through us like crap through a goose, and so. Um, where we've come from, culture-wise, talent-wise, being able to, to to retain and recruit the talent that we've retained and recruited, because it's both. I mean, the, the retainment, the buy-in we got from guys like Jay Witt and Sweat and, and Murphy and those guys, though you you can't replace that that senior, that fifth-year, sixth-year leadership that we have on this football team. Wow. All right, Brian, uh, you know, I, I feel like you and I have, have been doing this a long time. And, uh, you know, you've also won championships. Mm-hmm. And you know what it takes to not just win a, a district championship, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what the Big our Big 12 is. But yeah. you've gone on to win a state championship. Mm-hmm. How does that process go? It's a little bit different in college football because there's a month off. I mean, yeah. literally, Texas doesn't play for a month, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's different in college to pro and to high school, but how do you even get your kids ready for that and think about that from that standpoint? Is it give them a week off, let them kind of get their legs, then get back into game prep? What What's the idea there? Well, I don't know exactly how you handle it at the college level, but there's a there's a system and there's a process to it. At the high school level, you didn't get a week off, but you did 
you changed your, your routine slightly. You changed your practice schedule slightly. Um, you know, your JV players didn't have to get their reps in anymore. They were strictly scout team guys. So things change. You had a system, you had a procedure in place that you went to um, in the first round of the playoffs, and that's, you know, now what we were in. At the college level, it's, like you said, it's a little different. We, if, if it's a week off or, you know, maybe it's a couple days in shorts and T-shirt and a helmet just, just running around, throwing the ball around, getting some stuff work versus air. The beautiful thing about this, we've got a head football coach that's been down this road. He's been, he, he's been in this system with Nick Saban. Um, he's seen how it's supposed to look and he will, I promise you, he will implement at Texas this year, exactly what he saw at Alabama a few years back, because there is a system. I don't know what that is at the college level. Uh, I know what it looks like at the high school level, but, uh, there is a system. There is a procedure in place that, that has worked. He's not going to have to go into the kitchen and start mixing things up and trying to figure out what's, what's right and what's wrong. He, he knows what it should look like. Now just tweak it a little bit to, to this football team. Um, make sure your guys are fresh as they can be um, January 1. And uh, from what I understand, you know, the last couple of weeks, I think he, he's done that all, already. You know, I, I remember, you know, saying, you know, hey, man, it looks like we had our legs. You know, we just look like against Tech. We look like we had our legs. And then I read the, the a couple of days later that we didn't practice in pads all week long. And, and so that's the experience he has as a, as a college guy that's played deep into this thing. That's the experience he's got as an NFL guy because that's an NFL uh, methodology as well. So uh, he's got a system in place. He'll put it in. Uh, it'll be a mixed bag this first week, week and a half of game planning, recruiting, and some light stuff on air. Yeah. He was already in a recruit's home last night, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Brian, so uh, you got that right. All right, I want to I want to ask you one more question, but before we do that, I want to say thank you once again to our uh, friend Laura Baker, realtor for Kelly Keller Williams in and around the Austin area. There's no one better that will take care of you. Uh, she'll make sure that she, she she knows the town, knows where the best spots are, knows where your price range can be. Give her a shout: 512-784-0505. That's Laura Baker. Laura at andyallenteam.com. We appreciate you, Laura. Uh, and I know she's excited today. <laughs> Come on, Laura. All right, hey, uh, Brian, uh, my, my last question kind of goes, is it's going to be a sum-up season type thing. Where did you see Texas meet expectations and perhaps exceed expectations, in your opinion? What were a couple of things that, you know, that was really good and I didn't expect it to be, and then there, this was just better than I expected it to be? We all expected the offense to be very explosive coming in this year. I think they met expectations. Um, the the running back room and situation from from uh, Jonathan, you know, Brooks and, and those guys, I think they exceeded expectations. CJ Baxter probably exceeded expectations as a true freshman. Brooks, um, you know, Keelan Robinson, I think exceeded expectations a little bit towards the end of the year. So, um, I'd say offensively met expectations, defensively exceeded. Um, I think we were very, very productive on defense this year. Uh, third downs, you know, third and fourth downs getting off the field compared to where we were last year. And then special teams, we we big time blew it out of the water, exceeded expectations. I got one thing to say. I'm really, really, really disappointed in Burt Auburn. He missed a field goal. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been 
20 for 20. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, but hey, Kyle, what a season that guy has had. Uh, Sanborn, our return game, our coverage units, uh, block punts. I'm not sure how many block punts we had this year, but but plenty. And we're aggressive. And uh, I never had the confidence as a coach to go after him like we go after him because I was afraid we'd rough the punter. And we're so busy trying to get off the field. I didn't want to get back on the field on defense. Uh, but we have so much confidence in our guys that they're going to rush the punter the right way to get to the block point, that if they get there and make the block great, if they get there and don't make the block, we're still not going to rough the punter. So special teams exceeded, offense met, defense exceeded. All right. All right. That's Brian Irwin, two-time state championship coach of the Lamarck Cougars. Uh, Brian, we appreciate you, buddy. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Uh, that's Brian Irwin, uh, Lunch with the Coach, sponsored by our friend Laura Baker at Keller Williams. For Brian, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, guys, Texas is in the college football playoff. Welcome. One more. We're going to the ship.